It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the logos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And today I'm excited. We got Preston John Michael in the building. Micah Frankel's in the building. Cell has been rowing and rowing and rowing. And I'll tell you what, Cell, looking great behind the glass. Now, this is the subject, Micah. We usually get to fact or fiction. But I, I want to start here, and I want to call this a mock draft. And let me tell you what I mean and where I want to go with this. The NBA basketball season, the playoffs have been outstanding. Not just good, but outstanding. And we've seen performances like Jason Tatum's, like Harden's, like Embiid's, like the Joker. So I said to myself, if we could only have a starting five each with the three of us in the building, where would we go? Now you're going to think, oh, Mike always gets the first pick, but I'm going to defer. And since... My son's right across from me. Micah, we're going to give you the honor of picking the first player. You can't give us all five. We're going to go player by player on starting fives. So Micah will have the first pick of the 2023 mock draft selection. Micah, who do you go with? Well, Mike, real quick, I need some definition on the rules. Are we taking the whole NBA? Is this of the four teams remaining? Where are we going in this draft? This is the entire NBA, and let me tell you why we start with this segment. The MVP was Joel Embiid. But now that I watched the playoffs, how wasn't it not Jokic? Now that I watched the playoffs, how come Jason Tatum was so far down the list? I, I'm just, I need to know, Micah, who the best players are. And we're, we're in the 2023 mock draft. NBA playoffs have been fantastic. Micah Frankel with the first, first pick and the clock is on. You got five seconds. I'm taking the Joker. First pick right away, taking the Joker. We've seen his ability on offense to always get his team a good shot, not to mention that high arcing angle he has his shot that's unblockable. I'm taking the Joker number one. That's fair. Micah takes the Joker number one. Press, who are you going with with your first overall pick of the 2023 mock draft? Uh, with my first pick, I'm going to have to go with Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he's proved his efficiency on the court. He's unstoppable, triple-double. Uh, those that we've seen of Russell Westbrook, he's doing the same thing, if not better. So you're going Jokic. He's going Doncic. And with the first pick, Sal, I'm taking Giannis. So I have Giannis, who I thought should have been the MVP, and that's my first pick. Michael, we're back to you. With the second pick. I guess second the second pick, pick here. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler for my second pick. I got a guy that's a dog. He's a defender, and he can make shots in in that clutch moment. Here's the thing, right? Who would have thought our first four picks, and it's not who we think they are? Although now that we've watched the playoffs, we understand why we're picking the way we're picking. You have the number two pick. Uh, from a playoff standpoint, I'm going to have to take Anthony Davis. He's proved that he is a threat in the playoffs. Regular season, just the fact of injuries, 
those come into play, but if we're looking at playoffs, I'm taking Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you can't go wrong. Had some big games with the number two pick in the NBA mock draft here at Mike Adams 2.0, LeBron James. LeBron James. You're going to take LeBron James. Okay, I actually had a name written down already in that spot that I just deleted that I'm going to take if you're not going to take him because I'm going to take Jason Tatum. I mean, 50-point games pouring in Celtics history after Celtics history. I'm taking him. And that's a great pick, Micah. And you may think, after I just mentioned Tatum, why didn't I take him? You have the number three pick, sir. With the third pick, I'm going to go have, have to go with the greatest shooter of all time, Stephen Curry. It's a great pick. Micah, that's a great pick. Oh, that is an amazing pick. That's an amazing pick. I was hoping that one would slide to me next. Well, I, I'm sure you do. Okay. Right? I'm sure you did, too. Well, I, I wasn't going to go there. But really? It, but it's a good pick with Steph Curry. So now I'm going to go with some youth, Micah, because I think I need youth on my team. And I'm No, before I get to youth, I'm not there yet. I'm going to go with KD. So I have Kevin Durant on my team. So right now, just to give you my team, it's Giannis, LeBron, and KD. Go ahead, Micah. You have Giannis, LeBron, and KD. Tall team right there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go a lot shorter. I'm going to go to a guy that hasn't had playoff success. But but I need to match Curry. I really feel that way. So I'm going to take Dame Lillard. Okay. Dame, Dame, how can you go wrong with Dame time? Dame time. We've seen when healthy, when allowed to finish the season, when they're not trying to get a better draft pick, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs. Solid pick, Micah. Uh, I don't know if we've forgotten that the MVP of the 2023 season is still up for grabs. So I'm going to go ahead and grab him, Joel Embiid. I need that big on my team, and he's going to fill that spot. Here's the thing, Micah. How did Joel Embiid fall this far from the three of ours picks? Because the 76ers didn't make it? Because I took a center right away, and I was going with a more traditional lineup, not not picking forward across forward across forward. Okay, now you know my team is big, and I'm I might might as well just stay big, right? I'm thinking about do I stay big? No, I got to go with the youth now, Micah. All right, the young selection. Who are we getting? Here? I'm going with Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns. So Devin Booker. So now I have Durant, LeBron, Giannis, Booker. Go ahead. Okay, now we're getting tough. I'm not even sure who I want to close this out with. I, I got to pick a four or another three. I'm going to go with what the Celtics have already done, and I'm going to take Jalen Brown because we know he can show up on either side and he can score off the dribble. That's fair. And you have two Celtics on your team. Let's go to Preston. Preston, the last pick of the draft in this mock draft, and we're just doing starting fives. So you go right ahead. Uh, with my last pick, I need a semi-big dude, a uh, great defender, and I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Jalen Brown. I mean, not Jalen Brown. Uh, I just took Jalen Brown. You just took Jalen Brown. To Jerry right Jackson Jr., that's what we're talking about. Okay. JJJ. Uh, Triple J. Triple J. You can't take the same player. You just can't. But let's continue. Micah, this is my fifth pick, and it may surprise you. All right, how big of a shock are we going here? Well, I don't think it's a shock to many, but I think the best ball handler, the best shooter, I'm going to say best ball handler, best shooter, Steph. I can't argue Steph. Steph can shoot from anywhere. But I'm going to, I got two guys that I'm on the fence with. I'm going to give you both names. You pick who you want. 
Fox from Sacramento, because I'm staying young. Okay. And Kyrie Irving. I would say Fox from Sacramento at this point. I think there's more longevity there. We don't know, because... Kyrie and Luca were not able to match up well together. I think Fox is ascending. So this is why I get to this where I started today. What I've seen out of the Lakers and Nuggets, great basketball. It is good basketball. Yeah, there's game one where they were down 20-some points and then come back in a hurry but still lose. Then there's game two where they come out in a hurry and then lose. And then you have the Celtics and Miami Heat, where a lot of people don't know this, but the Miami Heat usually don't lose game one unless you do your homework. So it didn't surprise me that Miami won, but I think the Celtics win in five. I think the Celtics win the next four. And the Lakers, I don't know, but I think it goes game seven. It's probably going game seven. It looks like a tight series, even though it's 2-0. God asked, Preston, was there another name on your mind? Because Mike gave us that. He had that moment, almost took Kyrie. Was there another guy you were on the fringe about? Uh, there's definitely that fringe player, uh, just to have him on the team. And that person was Austin Reeves. Oh, see, that's a name. That's For me, it was Bam Adebayo because I didn't have that strong four looking for a big on the inside. There's a lot of youth and there's a lot of guys stepping up right now like Austin Reeves in the playoffs. But I want you to think about none of you had Clay Thompson as a mention. Nobody mentioned Harden, who had a, a unreal year. No one mentioned Julius Randle, where the Knicks are finally talked about in the NBA that possibilities of going further next year. No one talked about Micah, which I'm very surprised at. Drew Holiday from the Bucks because they had a first round exit. Not one of you brought up Trey Young, who to me is one of the best in the National Basketball Association. So my point is these playoffs have been so good that how can we forget so fast? Well, when you said youth, I almost thought you were going to take Halliburton and surprise us and have him at your point guard and say, I'm getting the guy with the best assist turnover ratio that's the youngest distributor in the game. We can't forget that this was a long season. And as you said, you looked at uh, Randall. I'm thinking, no, Brunson would have been my guy if Lillard's not there. Nobody takes John Morant? No, no one takes John Morant just because his play was erratic towards the end of the season. I'm not even worried about what's going on off the court. I kind of am because it seems to be getting in his head on the court. He did not finish out the season strong. Dylan Brooks from Memphis. You're talking about a Memphis team that won the most games that they have won, and yet these names aren't being said, Micah. Well, Dylan Brooks, I know you're a betting guy. The betting odds are most likely that he ends in China this year because he was so detrimental with the trash talk to the team that he might need a timeout before coming back. He might end up as the next all-star teammate next to Dwight Howard in Taiwan. Press, the Kings had a phenomenal year, and no one's talking Sabonis. I mean, who had a tremendous season? All-star Sabonis. Sabonis was an all-star. He did make that all-star selection. But to be honest with you, I don't believe that he should have had that spot. Uh, there was people such as Julius Randle who I believe should have had that spot. Well, here's the thing, though, with Sabonis. Whether we look at it, he's the third best center in the league. Absolutely. He puts the game together. That's the thing. We're comparing him to a forward. But if he's just behind Joker and Embiid, it's kind of a thin position where AD, Giannis, you got guys at forward like Randle where that fo- power forward spot gets a little muddier. Now let's stay in the NBA, Micah, because they did the ping pong balls prior to the Lakers-Nuggets game one, 
We didn't mention Anthony Edwards either. Want to drop that? Yeah. Name. How can none of you mention Anthony Edwards? I might have taken him over Brown if I had another second to think about it. But 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 that's why you got to appreciate the show. Okay. So <laughs> rapid fire. So let's think about something here. The number one pick now is going to go to the San Antonio Spurs. We find out. I was surprised. I honestly thought the Pistons were going to get the number one pick, but it didn't work out. They're saying the kid that's going to go number one, Micah. Is the, is the best of any sport of a player ever selected in the history of team sports. Now, the, that's a little pressure. The top prospect that we've quite possibly ever seen in the existence of sports mankind. That's only the expectations that the seven foot five, maybe 200 pounder from France. Still a frail frame that everyone is worried about. If you've seen the under 19 gold medal Olympics, you see M- undrafted NBA free agent Kenny Lofton Jr. of the Grizzlies moving him out of the way, using the body, using that lower base and able to push Wimboyama around. That's what people are worried about on the negative. On the positive, he looks like Kevin Durant mixed with a bit of Rudy Gobert. We know Gobert only gets his hands on block shots. Well, Wimboyama can do it. He has that high arcing range. It's going to be hard to challenge his shot at seven foot five anyway, so he should have the space to start getting off shots. Seven five with handles. Jump shot like Durant. Shooting threes like nobody's business. Mike, I saw the, the, the highlight reel where he shoots the three, misses, Catches it in midair and dunks it. They're talking about a, this, this is bigger than LeBron. This, this hype is bigger than LeBron's hype. You, you, you've seen the kid. Is he the real deal? I definitely say he's the real deal. He has a full package. He's not to mention he's seven five, like Micah said. So that's kind of hard to stop, but I can see him going either the LeBron route or the Zion route. Zion full injury or LeBron great. As soon as he touched the ball. Thankfully, at this point, Wimboyama has not really had any injury history as a youth. And he's a different kind of experiment because he was recognized by the French national government at like 14 years old. The last four years, he has really been being prepped for this. He's went through being on Tony Parker's professional team in France. And now this past year, the Metropolitan 92s, the team that he played for, the entire team was constructed to get him ready for this moment. They hired a new coach who was the French national basketball coach. They entirely assigned all the players to come from America so they could get used to that style of play. I heard something weird like he sleeps 12 hours a night where they have him that regimented where he has to sleep this much, eat this much, work out this much. It's not just that he wants it. It's that there's a group of people around him that have put a plan in place to where he is trying as hard as possible to not have any of those injury ailments pop up. Here's the question. In the 2022 draft from Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren, and everybody talked about Chet's game, how versatile, another thin frame, thin frame, got hurt in the summer league, I want to say, and was out the entire year. When this guy has to, let's think about something. He's going to go up for a rebound against Draymond Green. Let's just Jokic, Embiid. He's going to have to guard guys like Draymond, right? Like, do you see? I, I just, 7'5", 200 pounds. I, I just, I, but I seen the highlight reel. It was pretty phenomenal. 
75, 200 pounds. You already tanked for the number one draft pick. Utah tried as hard as they could to tank for the number one draft pick. Kudos to the Spurs. They were able to do it. For a moment, we were all in awe. Were the Hornets going to be able to team LaMelo with with this kid? Were you going to be able to put him in Portland with, with Dame Lillard? But he goes to San Antonio. He goes to a foundation of professionalism. He already goes to a place where the French have had a connection with Tony Parker. Ah, no, and no, not, good, Mike. Not to mention, he's going to follow in the line of Tim Duncan and David Robinson, who are still active in the franchise. So at least to get the knowledge behind it, to get the comfortability behind it, it may be the best situation he could be in, not to mention Greg Popovich to learn the game from. Real quick, Chet Holmgren, give me your thoughts. You saw you saw a guy who could do it all, shoot threes, do everything. The versatility. Is this the same kind of uh, ability or is this LeBron type of ability? I'm not talking David Robinson and Duncan. I'm talking about a guy who can get you 22 in his year one. In year one, first year out of the gate. Can he get you 22 and 16? Uh, 22 and 16, I don't know about that, but 22 and 8, he's going to have to, and he's going to be able to. Because uh, if you're looking at that Spurs roster, who else is scoring? I mean, Jalen Green's putting up 20 points with the Rockets. Now, Micah, i got to switch gears quickly because tonight it's Lomachenko, Devin Haney. And this fight, Micah, for me anyway, is bigger than Ryan Garcia against Tank Davis. It's just because now, if Haney wins, Micah, this is the breakout fight that will get him the name recognition that he wants. And I think that he deserves more so than anything, Micah. And not only that, but Lomachenko, with the gold medals, right, won a title on a second or third fight. And all the hype that comes with Lomachenko, who's a future Hall of Famer. Tonight, Devin Haney can really make a statement in that weight class, Micah. In that weight class, Devin Haney is a monster. You just see the weigh-in photos. You see the stare-down photos. There's just not a comparison between the guy that's eating to get on the scale and the guy that's cutting like an MMA fighter to get on the scale. That being said, don't forget, in Australia, two times, Cambosa could not touch Devin. He is that defensively responsible. He's not just a huge imposing figure in the weight class, but he's a hard to hit, brilliantly tactical fighter. And he has thudding power, as you saw against Cambosa. He may not knock guys out, but it's that power that stays consistently. And by the ninth, tenth round, you're just tired of getting hit by it. Michael, let's go to Francis Ngannou. Big, big announcement, the PFL. And I want to go over some of the specifics. He can find his own sponsors like they used to in the UFC. PFL has allowed that for their fighters, yes. Right? They're going to allow him to box this year. That is the report, if he can find a dance partner, because he hasn't been able to. He's getting $10 million a fight minimum. Minimum. Uh, they said high seven figures. Is that, you think, somewhere around nine, nine and a half, I've heard. We're not going to actually cross that 10 threshold, but really close. $2 million for the opponent. Two million for the opponent yet to be named. Give me a. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Opponent. He's going to be an ambassador. He's going to be a athlete liaison. He's going to be on the board of the PFL, and not to mention chairman of PFL Africa. PFL starting their own feeder leagues. If you haven't seen the PFL Europe currently going on, Germany, Ireland, the UK. Well, Francis Ngannou will have his own 
pipeline from fighters in Africa to get to the PFL. And I'm sure there was more to it, Mike. I just wanted to highlight a few things. This could be the biggest business deal, right, for an MMA fighter in the history of MMA. It definitely is. It is something to stick out your chest and pound about because it's not just a move for now. Because now we're reported it's a three-fight deal. But for the future, Nkanu will always be the chairman of PFL Africa. To be the guy that creates that pipeline that's going to be able to discover that talent and give them an option, that's one thing. Not to mention across this border in a serious manner where he's looking to really box and compete in MMA. It's a huge endeavor, and it's also taking on the world to see if an athlete can be successful post-UFC with this move. So that tells me what would John Jones have been able to negotiate? What would Connor would have been able to negotiate? Who knows how much money they would have got. They might have got a massive amount, and now we all bait with breath to see, is this the move that expands the PFL? Or is this the move that dooms the PFL? You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. You can go to Instagram and Apple Podcasts. Go to the Instagram, at Mike Adams 2.0. He's Preston. He's Micah. My name is Mike Adams. You're on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. It's already May. We're almost in the end of May. It's already going to be June. I've never seen months pass so fast. I don't even wear a watch, Michael. You know why? You don't like to keep track of time? I don't know what time it is. You see where I'm going with this? The last time I told somebody, what time is it? Fire screaming out, it's fight time. No, he said, check your watch. And then he said, if you throw a clock out the window, you can see time fly. Mike, are you ready for fact or fiction? I don't think I'm going to let that one fly by. Jailton Almeida is a problem in the heavyweight He's division. He's a problem, Micah. That's a fact. When you can efficiently grapple like that and make a big man turn over, give up the neck, get the rear naked choke, that's 5-0. and all. We all marveled at Hamza. It's a fact now. Jailton Almeida has absorbed less strikes in five fights than Hamza Chimaev. You have a new grappling threat coming at the table. John Jones might as well just, you know, get his big fights done and get out of the way of this young kid. And, Micah, don't forget, he did it on Channel 7 ABC. Think about that. Did it? Free TV. On network television, all eyes were able to say, see, it was a huge fight card. We also had earlier that day around the world in France, Fabian Edwards out duels, Gegard Mousasi. Edwards may be able to join his brother, well, will join his brother as a champion. Yeah, that's a fact. And give shout out to Musasi. He's had a tremendous career, Mike. Tony Soto looks like he has the juice to break out in BKFC, just like Mike Perry. Now 5-0, and coming off of last Friday night's decision win over Tyler Goodjohn. He wears the crown. He calls himself the king. He's trying to put himself over. Can Tony Soto break out like Mike Perry? Here's the thing. He's broken out, Micah. So that's a fact. Now, does he have the name recognition of Mike Perry? Not yet. But he's undefeated in bare knuckles. Press, you were at the last bare knuckles here in Albuquerque. You've been to thousands of boxing matches. What did you find different with bare knuckles? It, it was it was definitely more brutal. 
Bare Knuckles is definitely more brutal. I didn't see one fight go past the second round. I saw some lady break her ankle in the middle of the fight and want to get back up and still fight. So just everything around Bare Knuckles is just, as you said, so much more brutal. It's entertaining to watch, and we see it growing more and more on people. Michael, you've been following the BKFC. You go to their events uh, everywhere across the country. My biggest thing, of it was just, it was one of those things, Micah, not just the fights that were incredible, but the drones, the guy running into the, into the, into the ring full speed and then running around the arena on the microphone. He did a great job. Shout out to Brian Sosa. Yeah. My point was, Micah, there was never a down moment. Even when Sosa said, Micah Frankel's in the building. Always entertaining. BKFC, shout out to them. Last night, another big card in Nebraska. This coming week, the DakotasCageMinds.com for all of your BKFC coverage. I guess Factor Fiction for Preston, massive changes coming to the Warriors this offseason. I'm going to go with Fact. Uh, they need to move. They need to move people. I don't see people like Draymond Green or Jordan Poole staying around for very long. They're very important to the piece right now but maybe not in the future. Let me add this too, Micah. It was interesting to hear Steve Kerr and Draymond Green saying that whole the whole punch situation at the beginning of the year, they felt if that didn't happen, we might have seen the Warriors in the finals. Reports are coming out that the GM is not going to re-sign an extension, so they're going to have to get somebody new in there who can re-sign Draymond and move out all these young pieces. I'm talking about Poole, Kaminga, Moody. If they're not playable in the playoffs, get some veterans back in and make one last run for Steph Curry. And, and who do you go get? You That's mean as the a question. coach? Or, I mean, as a GM? No, I, who do you get as the players? If you move everybody out who you just said, who are you going to bring in? You could probably, again, go and get a young piece. This year, they had that package, and you probably should have done it for KD. You may be able to look towards the Bulls if they want to move somebody. Could you get DeRozan? Could you get Le- Levine? Could you look at another team? Is Charlotte ready to move off of LaMelo Ball? You don't know who's going to want to be the next star moved. and That's a lot of young talent to rebuild off of. Kaminga looks like he could be... I'm like talking about what we've seen out of Aaron Gordon, but a little more. The Warriors need a big. If the Warriors had Sabonis, they win it. That would be a good piece, but I don't see him getting moved from the Kings. The Kings are building something really special, so we're going to have to see who's about to move. Do you try to put that package together and get DeAndre Ayton because it just looks like the Suns want to get rid of him any way possible? That would give you an inside rebounding presence. Good point, Micah. Continue. Continuing with the fact or fiction, expansion is coming to the WNBA. Yes, fact, Micah. I don't know where it's going to go, but they they need to expand. They need to expand. Hopefully they'll expand. A likely destination is Toronto. Don't know if you saw, but during the preseason, a 19,000-person sellout for a WNBA preseason game in Toronto. We need to put two teams in that city if they're going to react like that. I've never seen so many people at a WNBA game. That was great to see. Monty Williams should not have been fired. I'm going to say fact. You know, people um, are quick if you can't give quick results, right? I didn't think Budenholzer should have been fired in Milwaukee, but he was. And then Monty and now Doc Rivers is let go by the 76ers. 
I just don't know, Micah. Like, whoever takes that 76ers job if Harden stays has to say, I have to win it this year. If I don't win it, I should just do a one-year contract. It should just be one-year contracts. But they get buyouts, so congratulations. Mike D'Antoni to be the next 76ers coach? I don't see that personally, Micah. I know, um, I just, Calvin Sampson from the University of Houston has been mentioned. I don't know, Micah. Harden said he wants to be able to be free and play to his truest basketball self. How's that going to last with Embiid? We'll see how that lasts with Embiid. Well, it didn't last how, great. How's it going to last if Harden gets 55 and Embiid gets 15? I don't see it lasting, and that's why I see Harden moving out of Philadelphia real soon, real quick. They're going to have to, they've got to put their chips on Embiid, Mike. The rumors say there's a chance that Harding could go back to Houston, but that just doesn't make sense, right, guys? No, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Houston can afford him. They can afford him. Uh, it's hard how much you have to win in the NBA. You can't afford to lose. Monty had 70% regular season winning percentage. I wanted to tell you that factoid before getting fired. Boonholzer, little more sense. Looks like they're going to remake the team. Doc Rivers, choking in closeout games, makes a little bit of sense. Monty is the hardest one for me to get over here because you just remade the team and didn't give him a chance to really put his imprint on it. He might have the most impressive front office in the NBA. Of course, Pat Riley. I mean, Pat Riley knows the game. I was more referencing, you know, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they have nine, nine undrafted free agents on one roster. But Pat Riley has always kept the Heat relevant. When's the last time the Heat were non-relevant? Think about this. When they had Alonzo Mourning, right? From the moment they got there and got Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway, Pat Riley has found a way to rebuild that franchise. And unlike any other, maybe only the Spurs, but the Spurs kind of do it through the draft. Pat Riley is something special with how he forms basketball clubs. And think of this. when He he ended up getting Shaq over there when they won with D-Wade. They ended up – think about all the moves he's made, Michael. Making moves. Everyone's making a lot of moves. Portland should make a move to trade that number three pick because they need to win now. Everybody says they need to win now. They've been saying that for how long? Five, six, seven years? Well, Dame Lillard's career is going to end, and eventually that Hall of Famer is going to walk out the door. So it's either win now or trade now, and I'm not allowing you to trade him to the Lakers yet. Well, here's the other thing. You, at one point, they had C.J. McCollum, Sabonis. They, they had Dame. They were loaded. Couldn't do it. What do the Blazers need to do? They need they need help. They need to trade that three-pick and make a move. They need to make that move quick. Here's the thing when you trade the pick, Micah. It's easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done because everybody wants so much. They just don't want the pick. They want more and more and more. Now, are you willing to give that more and more and more? It depends. Who knows? Maybe you're able to package somebody together with that three pick and take up Carl Anthony Towns because it doesn't seem like it works perfectly with him in Minnesota. Maybe you're able to get that, and that's a ready-made piece to score next to Dame. Another guy that can hit from the outside, but adding some size, which Dame has never had on his team. And real quick, strike the Sabonis name because that was his dad that played. Uh, the son came from Indiana. He has not been in Portland. Well, good Sabonis reference, though. Oh, you gotta good give Sabonis me that, right? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Sabonis, all-time legend. In Portland. 
And when, you know, think about this. We're watching Jokic now, right? But think about Sabonis back then. And think about it. We didn't see Sabonis in the NBA until he was over the hill. His best ball was in the Euroleague. He came here with blowing out knees and still knocking down threes. Continue, Micah. We're going to continue. Um, not to bring up a sore subject, but everyone is disappointed that AD is not playing Jokic one-on-one. We were looking for that Chamberlain, Russell, Elijah Wan, Shaq, all-time duel here in the Western Conference Finals. Well, and when I called you, Mike, I said LeBron needs to guard Jokic. I we told saw you a little that bit of that. We one. did see a we little bit We did see that. that in game two. Yeah, I just think AD's, you know, he had a rough game two. Four of 15, I want to say, from the field. Didn't really get a lot of touches. Hachimura played great. I thought that was an unbelievable game. Best game of his career. And LeBron just needs to hit a couple of threes, which I think in game three, if you start game three, Micah, this is how it should start. Pass it to LeBron, let him shoot a three to start the game. You got to get him moving. He hits a couple, all that confidence comes back. He's still going to shoot it, but get him ready early. I don't know if I like the thought of LeBron. I like getting him ready early and going. One for 20 in the playoffs for three-point range. I might get him a, a cut to the basket. He he had a little handle problem we saw in game two. I'd rather just get him an easy layup and get LeBron going in that manner. But fact or fiction, Preston, are, are you disappointed that we're not getting AD Joker straight up? I mean, disappointed, no. I want to see the Lakers win. And in order to do so, if we need to double Jokic, that's what we need to do. I think AD roaming in the paint with Aaron Gordon on the perimeter is a great strategy. And seeing how the Nuggets combat that will be fun to see. Well, and here's the thing, Micah. We should have had game two. Should have had game two. Game one, we're down 20. We make that tremendous run. I get it. Nuggets win. But game two is hard. Hard to stomach. And if you're the Celtics and you don't win game two, Micah, you're going to have some issues. We talk about it with fights. Now we got to talk about it with basketball. Elevation matters. It matters that you were playing at the highest altitude possible in the NBA on one day's rest, running as hard as you could in the first quarter. That took a toll on everyone. Jamal Murray was bent over. I didn't think he had the actual energy to get up like the last three shots that he did. And Michael Porter Jr. has been the big difference in these two wins. The BMF bell is back, and it's the right time. It's the right time, Micah, and the matchup's incredible. And when you called me and told me, I said, I I had forgotten that Jorge Masvidal was the original owner of that bell. You own it till you're out of the game. Game Bread has said it's game over with retirement, and now either the highlight or the diamond will strap on the platinum bell. The BMF title is back. But strangely being fought for in the mellowest city in America. Shout out to Utah, Salt Lake City. We'll love to see that fight, but baddest belt in America, mellowest city in America to host it. Who do you two, because you're the golf experts, have PJ Championship? I need predictions here. I like Brooks Kepka. I always do. And I'll tell you why, because he shows up like my main man cell behind the glass. He's always showing up. I'm going Kepka. You just put the guy that does rows just like Sal. That's what you were doing there. I, I saw you. We saw how the how the polos fit in Kepka out there. Preston, who are you giving me on a name? Uh, we could go with Kepka or John Rom. John Rom, rough first day, but he has been pulling it through, getting some green jackets in some big moments. I heard that Everer, I think, is also 
a, a dark horse to keep an eye out. I didn't got, get a first name. My apologies to everybody on that one. Uh, Pete Alonso is looking like the best home run hitter in baseball right, right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Yes, fact. Leading oh. the league with 16 and three straight games. This week, he deserves an NL Player of the Week award. Michael, we talked about this three weeks ago. I need answers. I don't think you gave me enough answers. But why are the umpires checking every single pitcher this year like they've never been checked? I'm talking about the Yankees game. They take the glove off. They find a little stick. Three shutout innings, and they're checking for anything. It's a sticky situation. It's a it's a it's a tight one to get through. And if the palms are greased, you're okay. But but if they're beeswaxed, it's not too okay. Uh, Scherzer's been suspended. Herman has been suspended. There's been a couple other guys suspended. We need grip, but you can't have too good of a grip. And, and there is a theory that the Korean Baseball League doesn't have this problem because. They have a baseball that works. But that's for another day. Micah, that was fact or fiction. I can't thank you enough. Preston, John, Michael, thanks for being in the studio. Michael Frankel, tell everybody where they can find you. Cagedminds.com is my website. Caged Minds MMA Show is the YouTube. Got a couple other podcasts going on out there. MMA After Hours, Pro Wrestling After Hours. Search Caged Minds across your social media and you'll find me. Are you giving out handles or no handles? No handles. Micah. No handles from Preston. No handles. All right. Make sure you go with Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go to Mike Adams 2.0. Sell Behind the Glass. Thank you. Want to thank Joe Neal, the president. Want to thank you, the listener, Micah. They're big. Our listeners, it's grown. uh, It's just, it's an unbelievable growth. Got to thank the audience. Want to hear from you guys. Go over to the Instagram. Go comment. Tell us who you think. Walks away the lightweight champion after tonight. I want to thank Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John, Michael. The show's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the T. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.